0: Hey y'all, it's Christina Royster, host of the Young Black Independent Native podcast. Make sure you rate and review the show and subscribe wherever you listen. Um, I just want to say thank you to my listeners in France. I didn't know that 23% of my listeners were from France, so I don't know who's listening out there, but shout out to you guys. Thanks for supporting the show. And um, remember that you can also follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at the YBO podcast. Now on today's show, I have... You know just a bit of pop culture news and some other political stuff but honestly I hope that you guys you know remember that this show is called Young Black and Opinionated and it's just me giving my opinion and my thought nothing that I say is bible nothing that I say is completely factual it's just my opinion and I hope that you guys vibe with it I hope that you you know take into account what I'm saying and you know ruminate over it and and hopefully it's thoughtful and gets you guys to think a little bit more. So stay tuned. All right, let's start with Put Y'all On. This is my favorite part of the show where I share with you guys what I'm feeling this week, whether it be food, music, movies, anything that I like, I want to put you guys onto it. And I'm going to put you guys onto another podcast. I know you're probably like, I it's already hard enough for me to listen to this one, but I just think that this one is really important and you guys should give it a listen. It's already got 4.5 stars on Apple Podcasts. So this podcast is called White Lies. It's an NPR podcast. And I say that because I feel like NPR is, you know, a reputable source. I think that it's good journalism. And this podcast, White Lies, is about the 1965 murder of Reverend James Reeb in Selma, Alabama. So if you're trying to brush up on your Black history with everything that's going on in the world right now, and you want to learn a bit more about the civil rights movement or anything like that, this would be a great podcast for you. Because three men were tried and acquitted. So nobody was ever held accountable for this murder. And now it's been what, 50 years. So two journalists from Alabama, you know, return to where it happened and try to expose the lies of this basically murder cover up of a reverend. And, um, you know, this is available where any podcasts are available. But I just like to point out that Apple podcasts they have a whole segment under the browse section called Black Lives Matter. And you can check out other block, black podcasts. And I think it, podcasting is really important because it's storytelling. And you know that's what I'm trying to do here. And I support anybody else who's sharing black stories. So my put y'all on this week is the podcast White Lies. Okay, let's get into this week's news. First up, music. I want to talk about Lil Baby's new single, The Bigger Picture. Um, so this is, you know, a police brutality song shedding light on police brutality in America. And I talked about some other artists who were doing a good job of this last week, but this song really impacted me. I don't know why. I guess because I wasn't really expecting this from Lil Baby. Um, he doesn't really cover stuff like this, in my opinion. So this was really a good song, and I think that you guys should check it out. It's called The Bigger Picture by Lil Baby. Um, Movies, TV, etc. definitely check out The Five Bloods on Netflix. It's a Spike Lee joint, so this is his latest movie. Um, Just awesome. I don't even know where to start. This movie was really cool, really good, but it was so long. This movie was two and a half hours long. So, definitely set aside some time to watch The Five Bloods. I had to like stop and start it because it was just taking me a while. But um I just think that this tells one more important story in black history and that's um you know, black war veterans. I think that especially the Vietnam War was hardest for black men because here they are over here fighting a war that they don't even believe in in Vietnam. To with people they seemingly had no problems with, and at home, their families and friends are fighting for justice and civil rights. Like they fight this war, they almost lose their lives, and they come home after Vietnam and they don't even have civil rights. So, just definitely important story, and I highly suggest you guys check it out. Um, You know, black people have been fighting in wars putting their lives on the line for America for years. And what do we can return? We were in the Civil War. We were in the World Wars. We were in Vietnam. So, and also it talks about PTSD and all that stuff too. So it was a really good movie. And I'm forgetting the actor's name. I'm blanking. I think it's Delroy something, but he put on a show. All the guys truly did a great job, but he really deserves an Oscar. This, If this is not nominated for an Oscar next year, I don't know what will. I know that Spike won an Oscar last year for... Was it last year or the year before for Black Klansmen? So this definitely needs to be nominated at least because the Five Bloods bloods was really good. And Chadwick Chadwick Boseman had an um, appearance in there too. So let's jump into this Vogue challenge. Apparently, um, you know, we all know that the fashion industry can be a little bit racist. They praise white models. Black models definitely don't get the same opportunities. There's just racism in every single aspect of our society, right? And I guess the editor of Vogue magazine, she came out with kind of a bland, general, wishy-washy apology, just like, yeah, sorry for our past. And Black people weren't having it. And I just love to see it. I love to see Black people have spoken out now and it's like the cat's out of the bag. You can't put the cat back in the bag. Everybody is speaking up and we're not shutting up. We're fed up and we're not dealing with it anymore. And I don't want to put too much business out there about my own company, but we had a town hall and it was a Zoom call and people were allowed to ask questions. And one woman, a black woman, unmuted her mic and she had something to say and she kind of called out one of our white colleagues. And I was so Proud and happy that she did that because I probably wouldn't have had the balls to do that. But she spoke up, and that's where it was. I'm not gonna lie to you, it was so uncomfortable, it was very awkward. But you have to get uncomfortable and make change. If we're too scared to say things or tiptoe, walk on eggshells, we're never ever gonna see any change. So, black people said, You know what, Vogue, we're tired of you not appreciating our beauty and looking over black models. So the internet decided to have the Vogue challenge where black people were Photoshopping their faces on Vogue magazine. And I think that is so cool and creative. There's really nothing that black people can't do. There's really nothing that can stop us. And some people took it a step further and they said, hey, why do we need to even be on Vogue when we have black magazines like Essence, Ebony, Jet? So black people started Photoshopping their faces on Essence magazine and that was just so beautiful to see. Cause I used to have a whole bunch of Essence magazines and Jet. Magazines in my house, and those are the kind of publications that we grew up on. And I just hope that they continue to thrive. I mean, print is already dying, so to speak, but I hope that we can keep Essence and Ebony and Jet alive because we really need that. We need publications that show people just like us. Um, now, I want to talk about Be Simone. I can't even believe I'm giving her a segment on this episode, but she just has been in the news a lot, and it's because she keeps putting her foot in her mouth. And this is exactly what I was talking about last episode when I just said, shut up. If you don't know what you're talking about, just shut up. First, B. Simone came to my attention because, and I feel bad because I was just praising her like a couple episodes ago about how she kind of rose up as a social media comedian. Now she's in entertainment. She's got a book. I was happy for sis, but she just keeps talking when nobody asked her to. And so- First, when the protest started, she posted on social media talking about, I'm not going to protest. I'm going to love my neighbor. I'm going to love my enemy. And that's nice. You know, we're all Christian and we we love God, but you know, we're mad also. So we really don't want to be nice to our neighbor right now. It's just not on our mind right now. And somebody was like, you know, you want to be all Christian right now. But what happened when you were talking about sucking dick and having sex and your your comedy was vulgar? What about that? And she was like, well, I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have nothing to say. You have no explanation. So that happened. And then after she got called out for that, she basically got peer pressured into going to a protest and she made sure everybody knew it because she made a video like, hey, I'm here at the protest. Like that was super performative because she was sitting down. She wasn't even protesting. She was sitting down on the curb. So that just put a bad taste in my mouth. I was like, "Mm, you're not looking too good, sis. Then, um... She went on some show with Nick Cannon and he basically was like, so like, what kind of guy are you looking for? And again, I don't want to put a good sis down, but sis, this is why she's single. Cause she went on a rant about how I'm an entrepreneur and I need a man who understands my hustle. I need him to understand why I'm up at three in the morning writing emails. And everybody was like, I mean, she is an entrepreneur. She's got a lot of stuff going for her, but like, don't knock a nine to five guy. She was basically saying, I don't want a nine to five guy. I need me an entrepreneur And number one, I don't think anybody should have taken what she said that deeply. Everybody was up in arms on social media. And I was like, really? Like, we're really going to care about what B. Simone has to say? And number two, I can understand where she's coming from because I have a nine to five and my boyfriend is an entrepreneur. And it does make things challenging when we're trying to schedule dates and time to hang out. Like, our schedules never align ever. (laughs) So it is difficult, but... You know, we make it work. And so if that's her preference, cool. But she just... Basically, it started up the whole conversation about 9 to 5 versus entrepreneur or social media. And I think there's nothing wrong with 9 to 5. 9 to 5 people can make 100K just like entrepreneurs. So uh, that that was just exhausting. That's why I, have to, I just had to take a deep sigh because that whole conversation was exhausting. And for her, her voice just annoys me sometimes. So I couldn't even finish the, the interview. I was watching it and I was like, nope, not watching this. And then... You would think she would just shut up and in there, but no. She was also on my timeline because somebody bought her book and they were like, what the hell is this? It's falling apart. The cover is slipping off. The spine is basically glued together with some craft glue. This is a mess. It looked terrible, guys. It looked awful. And she responded to them like, it's not good to put other people down. But anyways, it's a workbook. So that's why it's like that. And people were like, no, you just slapped it together. You didn't take the time. And the detail to make a quality book and it's showing like literally the book was falling apart so for somebody whose book is falling apart and you just need to shut up you have nothing to say so be simone praying for you sis because you clearly somebody tweeted you know she she's gonna fall as 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 fast as she rose and i, I really hope that's not the case because you know I, I don't want i want to see all black women win but maybe if we just shut up and just do, go about your business and don't spend so much time on social media. And you know who is, is living proof of that? Lizzo. Okay, so we remember how Lizzo, you know, rose to stardom everybody loved her but then she started kind of getting on people's nerves and then she started to get fat shamed and then they basically kind of chased her away from twitter Lizzo's like quiet on twitter now but she's not quiet on tiktok she put a tiktok together of her working out and she was like look it may surprise you guys but I'm working out because I love myself and I want to better myself and it's not for any of you guys and that's that and we're happy for Lizzo um that's what I'm saying like I, just, I want black, I want black people to win. I want black women specifically to win, but we just got to mind our own business. You see what happens when you mind your business, you drink your water, your, your skin gets clearer, you get a nice relationship, you just you just you just mind yours. Um, now let's jump into um, some other Black Lives Matter topics. Some people are asking, where are the funds going? We're donating all these millions of dollars to Black Lives Matter. Where are they going? And the truth is, I don't know. I don't have the answers, but I do know that I worked at a nonprofit before and we took donations. We accepted grants, all that stuff. And there were many things that that money went to. First of all, my salary. How else do you think nonprofits make money? How else do you think we get paid donations? And of course it would first go to our students. We we took the money and used it on our students, our facilities. But if somebody... Don't what I'm gonna say is don't get mad if some of the Black Lives Matter donations end up going to some of their salaries. Cause they're still on the front lines, they're still working, and they need to get paid too, you know what I'm saying? Um But I hope that they do, you know, come out and tell people how the funds are being allocated just so people can know because people like to know that. Like, I'm giving you this money, where's it going? Now, in my opinion, if you wanna Know know how your money directly benefits somebody. Just give it to a bail fund or give it to a victim's GoFundMe or something. So at least you know that like that it actually goes to something. But then again, you know it's kind of like that that feeling of when you see a homeless person on the street and you give them money. Some people will just walk right by and not give it to them, and they say, you know, I don't know where it's going. They could be buying drugs. That's true, but that's not that's not my problem. If I give a homeless person $5 and they decide to buy food, great. If they decide to buy drugs, fine, you know? That's my philosophy. A lot of people say, "No way, I'm not giving any money cuz I don't know where it's going." Me, if you're really doing it for the right reason, then you just know in your heart I gave and I did the best I could. So, that's just my philosophy. Now, I mean, the reason that we have Black Lives Matter is because of stories like this with Richard Brooks. So, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like the news of police brutality and the deaths of black men has just been rampant. Like, after George Floyd, after Breonna Taylor, after Ahmaud Aubrey, it's just been back to back to back stories on my timeline. And, you know, there were some stories of black men found hung in trees in California. I don't have the details on those yet. I I don't know too much about it, but I do know about Rayshard Brooks. So Rayshard was apparently found sleeping in his car at a Wendy's drive-thru or whatever, and he was blocking the way. And he was ultimately killed by the police. And uh, let me just read to you guys what happened, because since then, the police chief has um, resigned. Atlanta's police chief steps down after officers fatally shot a black man outside of Wendy's. And by the way, since then, the Wendy's has been um, set on fire by some of the community members because they're outraged. Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms announced that Atlanta's police chief Erica Shields voluntarily resigned after three and a half years on the job. So clearly she didn't last too long. The pressure got to her. The resignation resignation comes after the deadly officer involved shooting of a 27 year old black man Richard Brooks outside of Wendy's fast food restaurant. Bottoms also called for the immediate termination of the police officer who killed Brooks. So I think there were two police involved. One of them has been fired. One has been put on leave. And I guess, you know, him getting fired is cool and all, but we really want justice. We really want him to be held accountable. We need an arrest. We need a conviction. And- we just pray for Rashard and all the black people who are continuously loo- losing their lives across this nation. Like, I, like I said, I feel like the cat's out of the bag now, and we're gonna we we might start seeing a lot more names added to the list, a lot of names that we didn't know about, a lot of videos we haven't seen. You know, there's certain stories and certain names who capture the attention, who get the headlines, and there's other people who story whose story never really is heard. Um, I've been seeing the story of Kendrick Johnson, the young black boy who was found rolled up in a wrestling gym mat in his high school. His story has resurfaced. And basically, they're saying, yeah, that story, that, that case is closed. That story is not closed. Kendrick did not die in a gym mat. He was killed. He was murdered. And we need to solve his case as well. There's just so many stories. And I'm just... I'm saddened, but I'm also hopeful because I was having a Zoom Zoom meeting with my family and the older generation was saying like, we are so proud of you guys for standing up and ta- taking the torch. And if you've watched Dave Chappelle's um, latest special, it's called 846 in honor of George Floyd. Um, Dave Chappelle was a little bit more serious this go round. It wasn't all jokes and he basically said, you know, I'm so happy that this younger generation is leading the charge. I will gladly take the back seat while y'all drive. And I'm, I'm excited to see what comes next. Um, like people have said over and over, this is not just a trend. This is a movement. And we're not slowing up. We better not slow up. I've already seen my timeline kind of shift from Black Lives Matter to other things. Now that the weather is broke and the stay-at-home order for the quarantine has been lifted. Everybody's like, ooh, we outside, summertime. Don't don't sleep on Black Lives Matter. Don't sleep on uh, the real issues because while summer is here and everybody's having fun, Trump is still working. Let me tell you, I'll get into that. But before I get into that, I wanted to talk about Starbucks. What is really good with Starbucks? This is exactly why America runs on Duncan. Starbucks, y'all about to be canceled because first they came out with a little post, just like every other brand, like, oh, we stand in solidarity with our black community, blah, blah, blah. Then in the same breath, we're gonna say, But our black lives but our, our employees can't wear Black Lives Matter paraphernalia at work. Y'all can't wear those t-shirts interesting so you support us but we can't wear the black lives matter shirts on the clock okay then people were like fuck it we're just gonna boycott starbucks and even sizza the singer was like yeah starbucks is done support black coffee so starbucks turned around and was like whoa 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 whoa, we need your business and they put out a statement like okay we changed our mind like y'all can wear it i guess And at that point, it just put a bad taste in my mouth. I'm like, y'all, I can live without Starbucks for real, for real. I don't even go there like that. But then they took it a step further and they were like, we listened to our black community and what they wanted. And we decided to come up with this t-shirt design for our employees to wear. But interesting, somebody pointed out, really read between the lines. The message says we did what our black constituents wanted. Not what we wanted, what they wanted. Like Starbucks is really the whitest of the white. Let's not forget a couple of years ago when y'all kicked some black boys out of a Starbucks uh, for simply gathering and meeting and they were trying to have a business meeting and y'all kicked them out because they didn't buy anything. And then y'all had to have a sensi- sensitivity training. It's, it's it's clear that sensitivity training didn't work out Starbucks. So y'all canceled at this point. Um, And you know, while, like I said, the, the the state is opening up. Everything is kind of slowly getting back to normal. Sports is, is, we're talking about sports now. And everybody's like, hey, is the NBA coming back? And Kyrie Irving and some other folks are saying, no, we don't think that the NBA should resume because of, you know, the unrest that's happening in America right now and the social injustices. If we start going back to play NBA and basketball on TV, is just going to take away from the conversation. Other people like, um, what's this guy's name? Austin Rivers. So Austin Rivers says, hear me out. I think that we should go back. And here's why. So you may have seen his um, comments on uh, Instagram. Austin Rivers says, you know, I'm trying to find the correlation between us coming back and you know Black Lives Matter. He basically says by us going back to the NBA, it'll put money in our pockets, and we'll be able to donate, donate that to Black Lives Matter. Also, if we're still trying to slow down the spread of the coronavirus, it'll keep kids in the house, and they won't be outside spreading the coronavirus. He made some good points, but ultimately, I don't really know what side I'm on. What do you guys think? Should the NBA come back, or will that be a distraction? You know, the NBA is mostly black players, so I feel like. They should definitely maybe if they did come back, they could do another, you know, silent protest where they wear the T-shirts or whatever, because I know that they were the I can't breathe T-shirts before. I think that the NBA would definitely be a great platform to um, kind of amplify the movement. But I don't know if those NBA owners would allow that because they're mostly white. So we just have to wait and see. But people are bashing Kyrie like, come on, we want sports back. But y'all need to think about the bigger picture. Like, what's really important here? Is is basketball really that important right now when we have a pandemic? We have two pandemics going on? Chill. Y'all need to chill. Now, one NBA player is doing something pretty awesome and noteworthy. Russell Westbrook is going to be executive producing a documentary series about the um, Tulsa Massacre. And I think that I may have, yeah, here's, here's a screenshot. I'll read this to you guys real quick. Russell Westbrook set to produce series on the Tulsa race massacre. The NBA star will be an executive producer on terror in Tulsa, the rise and fall of black wall street an upcoming TV docu-series on the Tulsa race massacre of 1921. Obviously Russell Westbrook prayed and played in Oklahoma for 11 seasons. So, um, you know, as a black man, that's super important to him. And I'm interested to see this because a lot of people don't know about black wall street and um, the Tulsa massacre. But I think one person may have known about it and it wasn't a coincidence. I'm talking about Trump. Donald Trump set a rally. This is like his first campaign rally since the pandemic. Um, He set his first rally to be on Juneteenth, that's June 19th, 2020, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And everybody was just like, this is not a coincidence. Like the significance of that date And the significance of that location. It's not a coincidence and it's so insensitive. He's since moved his rally one day back to June 20th. And he said, you know, given the sensitivity of the date, he's moving it back. Very interesting. Um, I mean, obviously, every move that he's he's making, it may seem irrational to us, but I think it's intentional and I think it's calculated. Because why on earth would he wipe out trans health care On the anniversary, June 12th, the anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting. And also it's June, it's Pride Month. Just so many, so many ingredients make this a disaster. And let me just read a little bit more about this. Trump administration finalizes rule to wipe out Obama-era transgender health protections. The Trump administration decided to roll back protections for transgender people by introducing changes to the Affordable Care Act that will eliminate protections from discrimination based on gender identity. So first of all, I just want to understand what, what are transgender people doing to you? What did they do that was so wrong? Why are they bothering you so much that you have to take away their health care? What the fuck is this guy's problem? I, say, I feel like I say that every episode, but seriously, what the fuck is his problem? Why do you have to take away their health care? I just think he wants to reverse every single thing that Obama ever did and everything that he touched. And I just can't believe that you only have a couple more months left in this presidency and you just want to go out with a bang. You just want to disrespect the LGBTQ plus community by taking away their health care on the anniversary of uh, a homophobic shooting at a, a gay nightclub. Good for you. Kudos to you. Do you feel good? Do you, how do you feel about yourself? It's been four years since the Pulse shooting. Um, so rest in peace to, to those victims and we're praying for their families as well. I can't believe it's been four years. Um, and that was in Orlando if you guys don't remember, but you know, some people are still doing the right thing. And I'm talking about Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon celebrated pride and, um, the LGBTQ community and their allies by posting um, basically a picture like we're standing with our the LGBTQ community and allies this month and every month and they put a picture of Spongebob in Rainbow, they put a picture of some of their other characters in Rainbow, and it led people to question is Spongebob gay? Now, they didn't say he was gay. They just said the LGBTQ community and their allies. But using a picture of SpongeBob, people started to question. And I think that they ended up confirming that SpongeBob is gay. And you know what? That's great. Who cares? Honestly, if you truly watch that show, you probably been peeped that he's gay. Like, (laughs) he's done done some things. So you know what? Shout out to Nickelodeon. They've definitely had a voice in the Black Lives Matter movement. And um Pride Month. So shout out to Nickelodeon and anybody who says kids are too young for this, I think it's the perfect age to start. It, you're it's never you're never too early or late to learn about these things. So shout out to Nickelodeon. And that's it. That's all I have for you guys on this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. You can also like the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at the YBO podcast. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Miss Chris D. That's M-I-S-S-C-H-R-I-S-D-E-E. And, you know, now that things are slowly getting back to normal, I'd love to have some guests on my show. So if you're interested, please reach out. Um, We can link up or we can do it virtually. I'm always open to new ideas if you guys are tired of hearing my voice and want to hear somebody else. Or if you've listened to other episodes and you're like, oh, bring Keish back, bring Brianna back. We like those guests. Let me know what was your favorite episode, who was your favorite guest, and I'll be happy to oblige. And, yeah, just stay safe and stay prayed up. Love you guys, and you'll hear from me next week. Bye.